Mommy Track Daddy Whispers podcast is now called Birth Agni podcast. Hi, how are you doing? Hope you're doing okay, acknowledging the fears and the tough times and still realizing the power of hope. We all need it right now and whenever I'm into those days that I feel down and low, almost clouded with heavy thoughts, I found myself telling me, speaking to me in words that is, everything will be okay. And I repeat that. And instantly in that moment, a load is lifted. And somehow miraculously by the end of the day, it still turns out to be okay. Or better maybe, but probably it was meant to be like that. But this thing has the power. Hope has the power. So stick to hope. And with me, the last couple of weeks have been tough, like physically, but enriching in a mental sort of way, to the senses that is. Let me share this. I was looking at some of the old pictures of my daughter and noticed that one of the major developments over the last few months have been to her speech. And I can now list out uh, things that she enjoys. But checking those pictures and videos rather, I registered that her triggering points, the ones that make her laugh, are pretty much the same from the time she was little. They are only more noticeable now with her improved speech and her ability to explain. I was smitten. I was smitten by the reinforced belief that every child is different. A different individual, a different personality who cannot be compared or expected to enjoy the same things. Children cannot be put into boxes. Yes. And the last week has also been tough on the lines that my daughter refused to sleep in the nights. Like this whole one week, she slept at a new late time. So my husband and I were talking and discussing about all the sleep training we tried to imbibe in her from around 7 to 8 months. And so many other things we read online and experimented with and failed miserably. So today I thought I will take you through all those little things we studied on the new teacher called the internet and how some of it helped us build an understanding while some created undue pressure on us as we tried to force ourselves into complying by what seemed to be the right way. So we'll go through all of that and remember this is just my experience and not a generic advice. We will start right away but before an intro. Welcome to Mommy Track Daddy Whispers, a podcast where we discuss women, postpartum and parenting as a whole without subjecting it to motherhood or fatherhood. We are a bi-weekly podcast where I share my experiences and learnings as a new parent with an intent to align diverse experiences and grow into a community wherein we mutually uplift each other. My name is Divya and let's go through a process of learning and unlearning finding the right balance between traditional and modern. I am starting out raw. I have my laptop in front of me and I'm gonna type into Google. Mm, let's see. The first and the foremost, sleep training. Sleep training, when and how. Okay, here are the results. Okay, I'm clicking on this particular website. Okay, here it says, does your baby need to be rocked to sleep by you or wake up in the middle of the night demanding a breast, 
bottle or cuddle before drifting back to sleep. If your little one is at least four months old, it may be time to start sleep training. Oh my God, four months, huh? What is wrong with this is that it puts in my mind right now is that sleep training will make my four-month-old in a span of a few months self-sufficient. Okay, let's move ahead and see what else. Okay, here. By that age, babies can and should be able to fall asleep or fall back to sleep on their own by self-soothing. Oh my God, what a lie. If you are dreading sleep training, know that it's often accomplished faster than many parents imagine. Okay, I'm moving ahead. Okay, there's this headline. How long does sleep training take? After three to four nights of methods like Ferber or Cry It Out, many babies are sleep trained. Oh my God, three to four nights. That that small? I think that's a lie. I will not go any further, but that is what I wanted to highlight. This and a lot of similar expert articles that claim and create an impression that, hey, if you're not able to achieve a sleep-trained baby by this or that month, it is against a standard and you are a poor parent, maybe. That's the kind of image that it creates on the mind. Internet is flooded with things like this. And what we need more of is we need more of honest real life examples with all the fuss around the baby care and 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 it has to be centered around how a child gives you signals because they do. They do when they're ready. What I'm trying to say here is that I rely on signals. Now, at 1.5 years, I've been seeing her not needing me through the night and sleeping on her own. But there's still some transition phases where there may be a break, a new short routine that leads to a bigger change in the routine of my daughter, say the way it was last week. So she gets up an hour earlier now. And I pick up signals. I picked up signals when I felt she wanted to try eating on her own and I allowed her all the mess. I picked up signals when she was trying to use a spoon to feed herself and allowed her all the mess. I picked up signals when she wanted to drink by the glass and allowed her the mess to learn. And now she can eat by a spoon and drink easily by a glass. Children go through a faster rate of development than most of us. And these are scientifically better called as the growth spots. These are the times that they can be cranky and needing comfort. And having said that, I agree that routines are needed. I mean, I do not completely go against sleep training. To me, sleep training is a routine, but children take time and we need to pick those signals as to when they're ready because each child is unique. And a quick fact check, I only Google the science behind behaviors now and no longer refer to any of the less researched articles throwing standards at me to make my life easy. I'm relying on intuition by being present and listening to signals. Listen to your toddler's signals. And another thing on the internet which has a lot of fuss created around it is healthy eating of the child. I stick to what we cook in the house. I stick to healthy. But I see what we have traditionally in our kitchen, what culture we come from, what area we come from and what we grow locally to give to my baby. I do not rely on what's written globally on the internet to be the right way to feed my baby. So that fuss, I think, is actually an overburden. The right to feed healthy food is important, but all the fuss is not. 
And now, what are some of the things that really helped me in terms of increasing my knowledge so far? These were the small things. For example, uh, the cradle cap. Nobody to my husband's side had it. So I had little to no understanding of what to do. So all the readily available information at the click of my thumb helped me in knowing the cause and ease out my fears. And especially the comments-based forums were the best to know other people's experience. So that way, yes, internet helped me. And others like the reason for her overcrying could also be her wanting to sleep and not eat in contradiction to everybody's advice back home. And also choosing AIDS wisely. It was one of those articles that introduced cloth typers to me and what a revelation allowed me to remain sustainable and still avoid messy situations around guests. So really uh, grateful to the internet and the global exposure there. Also, how can I forget, there was this channel called Leanest. I'm sure it must be available still. A doctor's YouTube informatory and Q&A thoughts where he addressed all the relevant questions in a very empathetic and compassionate way. That's the highlight for me. Uh, towards the entire pregnancy cycle, touching upon fasting during curvature and eclipse, etc. He stated the facts and suggested what can be done to align with customs without going against science and nature. A well-balanced approach there that really helped me not upset a lot of people and still provide for my baby. Also, I remember there was uh, a channel that I stumbled upon, a channel of nurses that helped me through the process of breastfeeding, how to have the accurate latch without getting hurt in the process, how to massage breasts and the back to ease out the pain from holding and feeding the baby. That was really helpful. All the above was really helpful to me. Now let's talk about some products that Mamie must have and I see I scrolled tons of videos on them during pregnancy and they seemed extremely lucrative but turned out to be of little use not worth it actually or were never needed. Let's start with the never needed list for me. One, nasal suction instruments for baby cold. The ones with a bulb at the end and uh, which suck the mucus out of the nose. Don't imagine it. I tried finding them and read a lot about them. I was actually scared to use them on my daughter. And one day the doctor said, nothing going inside the nostrils, only clean the outside area. And there... It was decided never needed. And um, second, diaper changing mats. We at my place traditionally use a sheet, the cloth, the thick ones, wherever we carry the baby. So we had numerous which could be washed, so not required. Third, on the list of not required or not needed stuff. Third, zippers. She took to the glass earlier on and I was okay with her taking those little steps into learning. She did it slowly and steadily. For the saddle cloth or the saddle cloth, she did not respond well to saddling. She refused it and I did not press it much. Plus the normal clothes, the sheets that we have, they were enough for us to try. 5. Lotions and creams all the skincare routine looks like a fat to me, quite honestly. Not a fan of scented products and did not introduce unnatural elements. 6. Soothers. Did not introduce and do not know why. Okay, now going to the other category, going to the essentials that were in probably every video. And we bought them but did not use enough. First, food and fruit nibblers. 
It was so difficult to help her with it. The nipple was bigger than her mouth and she got irritated using it, so made the juice and fed her through a bowl and a spoon rather. Second, teethers. Oh my god, I spent tons of time finding the right one. This thing consumed more time than soothing the baby. Also, I think because my daughter got her first teeth at 18 months, this was not needed in her particular case. And also, I think the best alternatives to teethers can be fruits, hard fruits like apples or raw pumpkin. We gave her that and she got the juice out of it. She enjoyed it and it soothed her. And I think teethers can also be avoided provided the amount of cleaning they need every time the child drops it. So, baby shoes. Okay, heavy on the pocket and never stick to the size. They only seemed useful when she started walking at one. Having a few for a complete fashionable look, however, is okay. I had more than just one. Bathing seat. We were able to manage without it, to be honest. And we were gifted this really good looking one. It was useful, but I started using it around seven months and did not need it for a very long time, obviously. Good to have, not necessary in my case, because I have family and expertise. On that note, I think my list is over. What more? Mm -mm. I cannot recollect any more products, so to say, but I could speak for hours on end on this topic. But keeping this tight and crisp. What has been your moment of awakening during pregnancy or parenting? If there's a story you want to share, please reach out to me through my Instagram handle at theriddivya.kapoorofficial. You can find my email ID there and connect through that. And now the fun parenting tip. I want to share a thumb rule to help make wise decisions at trying new things that the pharma or other businesses are, you know, trying to trap us in. So thumb rule. Pick up the signals they're dropping. And how would you do that? Listen to them each time. Answer with what you understand. Reply. When they are calling you out, they learn to do it too and would not be the babies who out of habit call you three times at a go without even hearing you at once. This curve can be flattened. Attend to them and you would know what they need. And where you need to be hard and where you need to be easy, that decision can be made easier. It is about a balance. To me, parenting is about a balance. I do not see a right way to parent and I do not see an easy way. I see it as a process and I see it as situational too. So rely on your intuition and take your decisions and own them. With that, I'm signing off and will be back with another episode on the Indian customs, families and that balance. If you like listening to us, please subscribe, download and share. Do write to me your feedback. I'm all ears and waiting. Till then, keep finding your own space to be happy. Do what you like. Do not sacrifice all of yourself towards the right way. Create a sense of security and engulf your little ones in the charisma. Happy parenting. Stay safe. Stay tuned.